0: Gentlemen of the IOT, welcome to Real World IOT, powered by 151 Advisors. I am Ken Briota, your host. And uh, here on this, uh, this podcast, we really try to dig into the meat of what you're working on day to day in the uh, Internet of Things and, you know, cut the varnish all off, get down into what's, uh, what's really going on and, and share some learnings from the real world. I'm uh, really excited to have as my guest, uh, Dave McCarthy of B-Square. Uh, Dave and I have worked together on a bunch of different, uh, bunch of different projects over the years, and uh, we're really happy to have you on the podcast, Dave.
1: Thanks, Ken. It's uh, always good to hear from you again, and I really appreciate these opportunities to get some of this, you know, what's really happening out there, you know, cut through the fluff and, and talk about, you know, real issues involving IoT.
0: Awesome and uh, when we were when we were uh, sort of prepping for this we we kind of uh, uh, touched on a whole bunch of different uh, different areas that we want to get into and I think the first one that's uh, that's really sort of near and dear to both our hearts is the idea of uh, sort of the the actual need and and problem that a customer has and how you address that and the offering sort of this panacea of a platform is not really the answer, I don't think. And I think you agree with me
1: there. Yeah, I do. I mean, if you look at how things started with IoT, and, and it's fair to say that a lot of people in the early days were thinking that IoT is just a new name for M2M. And so you saw a lot of these connectivity platforms coming out around, you know, how do I get data from one point to the other? and and absolutely a necessary component but then you juxtapose that with what you hear in the press and media around um, you know iot is going to help me predict failure it's going to help me take cost out of my business and it's going to help me launch new products and services and you sort of look at it well how does some of that platform stuff help you do that it just seemed to me that there's a huge gap
0: sure and i think the other the other problem with platforms is that there's no sort of Definition of what a quote unquote platform is. So at last count, there were something like almost 500 different companies touting a various, a platform of some kind to do something in the IoT. You know, some of them are simple dashboards. Other ones are, you know, for code, you know, there's just no real answer. And so the term itself becomes meaningless, I think. And so we have to get beyond that and talk about like, okay, you know, customer, what is your problem? How can we how can we address what your actual problem is in a in a tactical way before we get bogged down in well you need a platform and you need a thing and you need a uh, connectivity protocol and all this other stuff let's let's it, it, it seems like real real basics but like let's start with the problem
1: yeah well I think you know if you if you get enamored with just the technology part of things then and that's exactly where you start you know tell me what protocols you support tell me what hardware you can do you know give me all the the api calls and all that great stuff but um the companies that i help uh on a daily basis are really really fit into that industrial iot category it's whether it's you know manufacturing or transportation or oil and gas i mean you're typically dealing not so much with um, coders and developers and people that would like all that technology stuff you're working with people like hey I'm an operations manager or I'm a fleet manager or you know I'm a product manager trying to launch something and you know for them you know they're very easy it's very easy for them to articulate their business need but they have no clue on how that translates to the underlying uh, infrastructure or technology components and, and quite honestly you know they shouldn't have to I mean I think that. Um, what I'm starting to see more in the industry is, uh, you know, while platforms are a good necessary component for standardization and all that, that more companies, at least the ones that I'm seeing be more successful, are really starting with that business approach and saying, here's what you need. Let me show you an application or a solution that's really targeted to that so that you're not spending six to nine months building something. You're actually getting a chance to use it on day one right and that's i think that's really positive growth i think that
0: that it shows that the, the iot industry as a whole is maturing uh away from the sort of shiny new early adopter phase and into a more business operations phase and there's some evidence of that at the enterprise level where we've got uh some companies if not dissolving iot divisions uh reorganizing them into operational divisions within you know, uh, throughout the company. And I'm, I'm seeing, I, that seems to be starting to happen. And I think that's a sign of maturity in the industry. Uh, although it, it, I think it'll have some effect on the operations of folks who are uh, trying to do business with those companies. Do you agree?
1: Yeah, I think uh, you're absolutely right. I think we are seeing there's multiple signals of of maturity one round kind of what we were talking about with the transition from, you know, just bits and bytes to, business solutions, the fact that companies themselves um, are organizing themselves into either centers of excellence around IoT or, you know, I, I, I don't mind the term digital transformation as a as a buzzword <laughs> because it helps te- elevate it away from just like, you know, IoT, sometimes people just get stuck on the, it's all about things. And to me, it's like the things are an enabler to do, thi- do, to do things, We <laughs> just use it again <laughs> in a different way. For your business in a way that like helps you do stuff you couldn't do before and but it's not like the things are the the new part of the story but they're really just an element into a much larger picture and, and right. so whether you see a chief digital officer or some overlay organization the fact that now this is no longer like skunk works in a lab somewhere and it's now um, executive management saying this is key to our strategy i think it's just another way that things are, are moving along at a better pace
0: I think that's right and and uh you touched on something fun that i wanted to that I wanted to talk to you about too, which is the terminology now this is probably ephemera, and I'm probably more interested in it as an editorial guy than anybody really should be but i man the the names that we call things in this industry are really sort of problematic for me. I don't like the IoT as a as a as a term but we're kind of stuck with it now. Platforms as I said before don't seem to actually describe anything. Uh you know, you've got digital transformation which is uh nebulous I think. Uh there's there's a lot of sort of uh buzzwordy terms that here on real world IoT we try to avoid uh using but what What do we do about that? How do we get to a point where the things that we are referring to are specific? Because I think that that's going to be helpful in the adoption cycle, especially on the industrial side, where they're used to using specific terms for specific things and specific actions because they have so low tolerance for uh, mistakes and for confusion and miscommunication. I think that it's important that we start nailing down some of these terms. Uh, have you, I mean, you said you work a lot in the industrial space. Have you had that frustration from anybody that you've been talking to?
1: Oh, yeah. I think um, whether it's interesting to see different types of conversations, there's nothing more amusing than going to a trade show and getting two people in the IoT industry to talk to each other and go through this 10 minute translation process of when they say, Oh, well, you say you do analytics and you say you do this, but like, what do you really do, right? <laughs> and 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 same things with customers too. I mean, I've walked into industrial company uh, customers, and I've said, um, "You know, hey, we do IoT solutions." And they've literally come back, even just recently, and said, "What is IoT?" I mean, it's not a top of mind concept to them. But if you ask them different questions, like, "Hey, do you have a connected initiative, or do you have you know some sort of a goal within your business to improve uh, some metric, whatever that metric is, by?" Uh, access to data that's being generated from all these places, they can usually articulate that. And so I think, um, you know, the the problem is, um, since we spend so much time in the technology circles, uh, technologists just, they love acronyms, they love buzzwords, yeah. um, and and startups, whole startups just will form around one of them. And, you know, machine learning, I think, is one of those where it uh, sure. started off being like really like a really good concept of saying, you know, hey, I get it, right? You want to automate the process of applying advanced math to huge amounts of data to learn something. It's kind of, I mean, it has a very good purpose. But then you see people twist that into like machine learning can help solve world peace. And machine learning is going to do like by itself. And I think the challenge with all of these solutions is that it's not one individual element that's going to deliver on any of those cases. It's really about, how do you, whether you're a vendor in the space or you're a customer in the space, like how do you understand the different pieces that have to come together? And by the way, everybody I talk to has some investment in this already, whether they know it or not, whether they have uh, some amount of connectivity, whether they have some amount of existing analytics and data storage or visualization. And, and so the trick is, you know, you don't need to throw all that away. What you need to do is get past the buzzwords and say, okay, or it's just like charting a course anywhere else. If this is where I want to yeah. go, here are the things I already have in my pocket that helps me get there. And then these are the things that I would need to plug in to sort of fill those gaps. Because um, because again, at the end of the day, unlike consumers who buy IoT-like solutions, either because it's convenient or I want to show off my coolest gadgets, businesses, they're not going to spend a dime on this unless they can really tie it to like the benefit. And And I was just talking to a Gartner analyst just recently and and he was saying that, you know, they're pushing more and more of their clients to say you should be getting that ROI within a year. If you're stuck in an IOT project where it's two or three years down the road and you still haven't seen that return on investment, then something's wrong.
0: Right. Right. And uh, that's, that's an interesting piece of this is the, the return on investment calculation. I had a long conversation in an earlier episode of the podcast about ROI and, and, uh, what that means in the IOT. And I think that it's different than it is in marketing or sales uh, for other types of industries where it's a more concrete thing and a less system- systemic thing than the IOT. So I think with the IOT, the ROI is about sort of efficiency rather than profit at this stage in the industry anyway. it's It's about decreasing loss. And it's also about sort of the the solution zero sum game. Did you solve the problem or did you not solve the problem? And that that's hard to quantify. I think in in a an ROI equation is that would would you say that that's accurate analysis there?
1: Yeah, what I think is true in almost all these cases is that this is just it's just new for all these companies, um, and especially in these industrial companies. And so while they have like good spreadsheets and calculations for a lot of their traditional parts of the business. When you try to yeah. bring in, what does this do? It's just like, well, we don't have uh, a spreadsheet for that. And, um, and because, you know, maybe now it's sort of changing a little bit. There's more and more proof points. I think that people can point to, but there's still a few and far between, at least as far as like hard dollars that that becomes kind of a sticking point. And I guess back to that whole idea that, you know, if you, the more, um, The more nebulous you try to make your goal then the more difficult it would be to figure out whether you achieved it and so i think the successful companies are trying to you know you gotta you have to understand you know where you want to be in two or three years i think that's important but if you're going to kind of get repeatable success then you need to carve out something that you know is tangible well understood and that you can as you mentioned sort of say at the end you know did i do it or did i not do it and you know we're seeing companies go there, but I think it's it's taken a little while for people to really put that focus on
0: it. Yeah, and I think that um, that that is probably happening faster on the industrial side than on the consumer side. I think the consumer side is still really wrapped up in the hype cycle and the the shiny and new uh, to more to more of an extent. And I think that's also why the adoption rates on the consumer side have been slower than on the industrial side. Um, uh, I want to pick your brain a little bit when you're out having these conversations and, and talking to prospective clients and customers and stuff in the industrial space, where do they get confused? Where is their muddiness about what you're talking to them about and, and data collection and analytics and what piece of the business is, is not well understood.
1: Well, I think a lot of it, again, kind of goes back a little bit to that that newness of what they're doing. And so I, I think a lot of people have read the hype about it. So there's this sort of like feeling of, okay, I, I know I kind of need to do this, or they're even feeling like peer pressure uh, from a competitive standpoint. In fact, um, I think that that's a little bit underrated sometimes when people look for like motivations. A lot of people think about the, the cost side that you mentioned, and I think that that's absolutely valid. But especially for like product companies like we've been working with companies that uh do heavy trucking as a product or do electric meters as a product and and they're looking at all their competitors that are you know adding new features and new functionality and new stuff and they're like oh my goodness if i don't if i don't have something to match that i'm going to be at a competitive disadvantage and so so like they feel this pressure to do it but i think there's still a gap in knowledge of like how does that like really apply to them And and a lot of it has to do with the fact that these are skill sets that they haven't had to worry about before. I mean, maybe one of the biggest one of the biggest debates I get with companies in the industrial space is like, do I have to hire a data scientist to to get this advantage, or or are products mature enough that I don't need a data scientist? And then and even if I did, or I was looking for one, like how important is it that they're a domain expert in my industry, or can I take somebody that's just a really good sort of function kind of data scientists. And (laughs) And there's not one right answer for every company. I mean, I think these are things that people need to explore, but um, the approach I think that works best is, you know, back to the machine learning and data scientists. I mean, all of this is, is just big, heavy math and the math is great. You know, it helps you do a lot of the heavy lifting, but you always need to sort of uh, qualify that math with some sort of subject matter expert, because you know, what I've seen amazing things where, you know, you can do this machine learning and these guys that are experts in their field can very quickly say, oh, yeah, those are like red herrings or they're correlations that don't matter. Boom, boom, knock them right, off. Right, really. right. You take something that might have taken like them on their own six to nine months to do it. And you can do it like, you know, in a matter of days. Uh, but what's even better is when you show one of these engineers or guys that have like been in an industry for 30 or 40 years, something that they, something new they never saw before. like. Right. You know, like a troubleshooting of a device, and then we'll show them what the, what the models say that come out of it, and they'll go, you know what, I, I never would have come up with that myself, but when you show it to me that way, it makes perfect sense. And it's like, it's those aha moments that tie together, like, the, the hype of, like, what this can do to the reality of what it, what it actually can do, and well, it, yeah, it- confidence.
0: It's like the the unexpected consequences. You know, you suddenly have all this data and metadata and it's going to show you correlations that you never could have found through strict observation, through regular observation. So that's that's really, really powerful. But you touched on something that I think is a little bit concerning in the industrial space especially is that the subject matter experts are really critical to parsing the data and deciding what's important and what isn't. And a lot of those people are near retirement age now. A lot of those people are, are you know, the the folks who've been working in these plants or oil fields or, or you know, running these fleets for 30, 40 years and they're going to retire and be, we're going to lose that knowledge and that experience. And the next generation of people haven't been around as long to have that. How are we going to, is IoT going to falter for a minute while those people get, sort of ramped up, or how are we going to transfer that knowledge, or are we somehow going to work it into our algorithms and our machine learning models, and they'll be able to decide?
1: Well, so my optimistic view is that IoT can absolutely <laughs> address that problem. You know, it's uh, I can't take credit for this uh, term, but, you know, just like we had the, uh, the Y2K around year 2000, yep. now people are talking about gray 2K, which is the <laughs> uh, workforce. But the, uh, but the point is, um, you're absolutely right, it's a real problem in a lot of industries. And so, you know, my recommendation for companies is um, IoT has this ability or the, the analytics models and the rules and things that you can build into a solution to really capture that, that tribal knowledge. And so, um, you know, I, I think that maybe what I'm trying to say is the time is right now to, to go and start doing some of that because you're right, if you wait too long and, and you lose some of that knowledge, you'll find yourself having to, to recreate it and and nobody wants to go through the the pain and time and the disruption that that would cause. Right. Right. Um, Let me, let me ask you sort of an open-ended
0: question because part of the the goal here is to help educate folks that are, you know, your peers in, in your position that are looking to field solutions or looking to find solutions to their own, you know, their own issues. What advice to, would do you would you offer to someone you know who's who's familiar with IoT and starting to get started but they want to move to the next level uh, they want to get so that they're not just connecting their things they're they're working systematically and they're able to derive some of this intelligence this metadata that's going to lead to these unintended you know unknown learnings that they're going to help them really enhance their their business, find new profit models, find better efficiencies, and and all the stuff that you know is really the promise of the IoT. How how do they start that process?
1: Well, I think we've touched on a few of these already. I mean, I, it's been sort of beaten to death, I think, in blogs and, and media now and everything. But this, but but in a good way that you know you really really need to approach these as as business. Uh, challenges and business solutions first, and let the technology backfill uh, what you're looking for. But but even then, I think part of the challenge that companies have is being able to acknowledge, you know, what's a core competency for them and what's not. And and I've seen this take a couple of different flavors. So um, you know, I've had the chance to interact with companies that uh, probably had no business be trying to be like enterprise software experts themselves, but they tried to because they thought that that's what they should do. And they tried to hire software teams and just things like, you know, they might be really good at their industry, but they're just not good at this. And and sometimes being able to acknowledge, you know, where your strengths are are important because as we were mentioning earlier, the solutions that are out there on the market uh, have matured to the point that um, and, you know, and I'm certainly not trying to promote any single one, but the idea is, you know, you don't have to really approach this as a, as a do it yourself kind of thing that you can leverage the knowledge and learning and, and quite honestly mistakes that other people have, have already walked that path and learned. And one of those, I think, um, that happens a lot that I see is this idea that, um, or a reality that it's, it is actually pretty easy to prototype, um, a solution at small scale with limited, you know, capabilities with, um, with either open source or, you know, some of the other kind of platform stuff that's out there. And that can right. you know, pull you into a full sense of security that, you know, hey, you know, either my internal teams can do this or, or, you know, Joe over there in the engineering group who likes to tinker on the weekends, you know, puts together something and demonstrates it. But, um, but I've seen it personally, that there's a huge um, difference between prototyping something small and then being able to deliver a reliable solution at scale, um, and and one of the challenges I think when when companies go at this and try to solve it themselves, they don't think necessarily about, hey, it's great that I came out with like V1 of whatever my solution is, but how, you know, who's going to, you know, support it, and who's going to test it, and who's going to, you know, fix it when it's, you know, it's broken, and um, and so I think they 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 don't see those on 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 the first wave around and and so they'll they'll go through this. I mean, the good part about it is they'll learn the, the good and the bad. The bad part is they right. they' wasted time, I think, in in trying to do some of the things like hey, capture that that institutional knowledge and things. So I think the idea is you know understand what you want to do. be honest about you know your capabilities and your ability to execute. You know look for solutions that are out there in the market that that tailor to it. I think, I think most people that have you know shopped for these kinds of solutions in the past can usually figure out pretty quickly whether the person they're talking to on the other side of the table is playing the buzzword game or whether right. they have you know some tangible you know pieces that can solve the problem. And I think you should demand uh, some pretty quick results. Um, I think the, you know you shouldn't you know we were talking earlier you know it shouldn't take you two or three years to get to the value of what you're doing. I mean you should be able to show that it works and start getting you know real. Benefit within that first year, and if and if you can't see that in your, you know, sort of, uh, you know, the road ahead of you, then then you maybe want to rethink what your what your approach is.
0: Yeah, I think that's that's really uh, really good advice there. Um, the The last thing I like to do here is sort of open the field and and give you the opportunity to say, you know, anything out anything to the audience that that you think is important for them that's going to help them enhance their business, that's going to help them uh, do better that you've learned in in your experience and that you'd like to sort of share with everyone? This is my touchy-feely moment.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I think, uh, well, it's interesting. So, um, you know, one of the things that I spend a lot of time doing is uh, talking to industry analysts and understanding their viewpoints and and looking at research. And in fact, uh, my company, B-Square, has, uh, done a, a research study where we really wanted to understand, you know, both where people are and where they're going and what some of the challenges are. And I think the what's interesting about it is, on one hand, if you were to rewind the clock, you know, five years ago and say, you know, what were analysts projecting for adoption of IoT? It's ten times what it is today. I mean, they they rode the hype and all that kind of stuff. And the, and unfortunately, what that can do sometimes for people who want to take the pessimistic view is they can say, well. Well, hey, look at that! I mean, everybody said it was going to happen, and it didn't really happen. And and if you want to find uh, horror stories, you can, right? If you Google things like sure, you know, show me IOT disasters and stuff, they're out there. And and <laughs> and whether it's that or the security issues, or I mean, there's a million issues. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot of things that still need to be figured out. But but still, you know, back to my optimistic view is if you look at the overall trends, uh, this isn't going away. I, I can't right. imagine. Any future that there's going to be less connectivity and less data and less need for figuring out how to make that meaningful for your business. And so, um, so my, my advice, I guess, is to um, again, who cares what you call it? Who cares what the buzzwords are? Um, if you want to, as a business, uh, stay competitive, and 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 be you know uh, provide meaningful services to your customers or, or internally, then. And I think the time is absolutely right that you really understand uh, what this means to you, and 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 figure out your own strategy. And it doesn't yeah. mean that everybody has to follow the same path. I mean, I I agree with you that, that a lot of that first wave was around you know saving costs, but you know, we have some customer examples where uh, we're already getting to that second side of it, which is you know how do I how do I get to that that new business model sort of story. Right. And that's still early but people are are they're getting there now because they're understanding it so i don't know i guess in summary it's um you know it's i think this is still a really critical topic and things that people need to be talking about it may have taken a little bit longer to get to where we are than people expected but it's, it's going there that you know you don't snap your fingers and have an iot show up in a day you actually have to plan it out and there's a journey that you sort of follow to to do it but um but it's here to stay. And so right. I enjoy, I enjoy the, the work that, you know, you do to get the message out there. I enjoy uh, meeting with people and sharing some of these concepts because I think the more that we all understand it, the more successful we'll, we'll all be at it.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Uh, where can folks find out more about you and, and your work at B squared?
1: Yeah. So um, you can find me on Twitter at business of Dave. And you can learn more about B-Square and our industrial IoT solutions at uh, bsquare.com.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much, Dave, for uh, for being my guest. Uh, this has been, a, as always, a really great discussion.
1: All right. Uh, talk to you on the next podcast.
0: All right. We'll talk to you soon. Uh, folks, thank you so much for listening. Uh, this has been uh, Real World IoT powered by 151 Advisors. And I've been your host, Ken Briota. Thanks for joining us. And uh, we hope you have a great day. Well, folks, thank you for listening to this episode of Real World IoT powered by 151 Advisors. Make sure you go online to check out more content and how you can monetize the connected world at 151advisors.com. That's 151advisors.com for all the information and information and content like this podcast that will help you power your business and monetize your business into the next phase of the iot thank you again for listening to real world iot powered by 151 advisors i am your host ken briota signing off see you next time